Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I am Tristan. And I'm Greg. How you doing, Greg? I'm very well, thank you. It's good. Uh, back for another week. Back for another week. Back for another film. Back for another film. Doing a Thursday pod again. No, Thursday. whoa. What day is it today? It's Wednesday. Wednesday. We're doing some we're doing some zany recording days. We've got a crazy week this week. Greg's going away. I'm getting a colonoscopy. <laughs> Two different kinds of holidays, I suppose. Like, what would you rather? <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind getting knocked out. And it should be better than last time. I had the full spit roast. They went upstairs and downstairs. This time it's just the downstairs. I think. Yeah, you're just getting. You're just the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> power bottom. Power bottom. I'm a power bottom. In yeah, you are. Good for you, man. <laughs> Good for you. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, so if I'm a little off today, it's because uh, the doctor's given me all kinds of... <laughs> you seem fine. <laughs> I seem all right. But I'm you are sedated? I've got a new Dehydrated. supplement. You, you know, classic, uh, you know, I've been in the gym bulking and trying to grow, slap on some clay, a uh-huh. little bit of deltoid over here, the yeah. quadriceps, uh, yeah. all of the things. Latimus Dorsey. Latimus Dorsey. So I got a decent supplement stack to to put on the way to grow. Mm-hmm. Got the creatine, you got the protein. Have you got a carb? I've got the carb as part of one of my proteins. Yeah, yeah. I got one that's a lean protein. I got one that's a carb. carb yeah, for the post post workout, the anabolic window mm. before it closes. <laughs> Good to get there with the carb, and which the I'm pretty window. sure has been disproven, but I buy into it. <laughs> <laughs> but I got a whole new supplement stack, Greg. Oh yeah, good. Four kinds of laxatives. <laughs> That's a shredder. Because apparently, apparently, no, it's for the colonoscopy. Because apparently Burn last time, without getting <laughs> too, too much TMI for a Monday morning conversation, uh, prep was not as good as it could have been. My stomach thorough. is too strong. It doesn't respond to normal colonoscopy prep. You could say it's your superpower. It's my superpower. Laxative resistance. Laxative resistance. So they've souped it up this time and I'm on like triple and I'm feeling not great. I just feel dehydrated. But beer should help, I think. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. It's if you ask the right people. Feeling a little dehydrated. Yeah. Speaking of little mm. monsters. Little monsters. That's well done, Greg. That's the film we're doing this week. It is. Um, uh, everyone knows for little monsters. <laughs> yeah, I assume it doesn't really need an introduction. Huge movie. For a couple of people. For, for the Savage family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and me and Jono. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Excellent. Less so for me. Yeah. Um, but we will get into that. We'll get into that. What did you do this come out? 89. 89. We've, we've been here many times now. We've been here a lot. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've got a little recap of that. Excellent. Now, just as a little member, Barry, mm. um, this one is fairly pertinent to the land down under. Um, so our international li- listeners will give you a bit of context. But 1989 saw the premiere of uh, Australia's highest rating and most clinically awarded commercial television sketch comedy show, Fast Forward. No way. Yeah. Love Fast Forward. Um, it ran for 90 episodes, uh, 91-hour episodes, that is, from the 12th of April in 89 through to late November in 1992 and, of course, famously preceded by... Full Frontal. Full Frontal. Which gave us Eric Banner. Uh-huh. Which gave us Sean McAuliffe. Yes. Speaking of Eric Banner, I was watching Funny People today. Oh, 
Great film. The fu- the one Barbara Hollywood Bullion. role he gets to be funny. Yeah, they. I, I thought that might have opened up a bit more. Me already. too. I thought it, as an Australian, off the back of that film, the thirty five percent and whatnot. Currently, our listeners are only thirty eight percent Australian. So for everyone else, Eric Banner is funny. Very funny. And he keeps taking. He keeps acting quite boring. Like he's good, but he takes. He pulls a handsome like stoic face quite well. Yeah, yeah. But it's not – he can do so many things. Yeah, he's very – like maybe we'll share some clips on, um, on oh. the gram, which is a tenuous link. He did that Ricky Gervais movie as well. It was not very good, but it was comedy. Which one? The Office Correspondence the or something. They were pretending they were reporting from the war, but they were like, you uh, know. Yeah, yeah, I did watch it. Um, Ricky Gervais without Stephen Merchant. Less memorable. Yeah, and Stephen Merchant without Ricky Gervais, also less memorable. They need to be together. Like lime and tuna fish. Yeah, like Sonny and Cher. So before Peanut well, Butter until there onion. was fast forward. Peanut yeah. Um, so this was pioneering for us, I guess you'd say. They don't, we don't have these anymore. Um, We've had a couple little things pop up yeah, but they never seem to stick. Yeah. Is, is it, is was it Ronnie Johns? Gap. Was it Ronnie Johns? I can't remember. The Ronnie Johns half out. The guy that did the chopper. It was a sketch show. Dan Illick on it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's good. The Working Dog Guys. Is it The Working Dog Guys? No, that, that's That right. one wasn't. What's the – I don't think that one was. I'm not plugged into the comedy scene. Me neither, other than Alexi Toliopoulos from yeah. the pod last week. Exactly. We need him to good answer man. these questions. Yeah, we should get him back. Um, look, it, it did introduce the world to a few characters though. Didn't Catherine Kim, didn't those girls, Gina Riley, Magda Zubansky, so if you know Catherine Kim. Yep, Catherine Kim. A failed Who's American Jane version. Turner. Uh, Jane Turner? Yeah, Jane Turner. So you've – I think America knows Catherine Kim, right? Well, there was a pilot only, I think. There was a pilot and I imagine there's more than one pilot in America in a year. So yeah, maybe not. But it had um, – what's her name? Ah, Kim Kardashian? No. Well, she played Kim Kardashian's mother in the – Pilot? O.J. Simpson story. Oh. What's it? Oh, fuck. I'm mental blank. Forgot her name. Cruel Intentions. Cruel Intentions. Oh, Selma Blair. Yeah, yeah. She played Kim. Yeah. Oh. And Kath was, what's her name from SNL? And I forget it. Ah. Oh, so they just took the show. They didn't take the actresses. No, no, no. They recorded American Pilot. And um, fuck, all the names I'm forgetting. And that guy that's in lots of things. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Was Kel. Glenn Robbins. Glenn Robbins is the best. In the show or just in life? In life. As a child, I loved Glenn Robbins so much. He's just a delightful man. I always thought he – I thought we like knew him. Kind yeah. Of like felt, Bob Hawke. There were certain people. Yeah. And he's – I guess maybe the closest is sort of like a low-key Will Ferrell maybe without – he plays it very straight in absurd characters. Yeah. Without yeah. The, um, the outbursts. He's great. He's, he's just very fucking funny. great. Um. Just a little nod to uh, a by the golden era of Australian sketch comedy. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Good memory. That was a good one. Yeah. Tell me about the year of 1989. Oh, big year for movies, I tell you what. Mm. You got a, the Indiana Jones in there with his Last Crusade. Yep. Last Crusade came out in 89. Apparently. These are the things I should know by now. <laughs> well, the funny thing is we seem to have done this year a lot, but in your defence I don't think we've done it for a while. It's also the year of Batman, Back to the Future Part 2, Look Who's Talking, Dead Poet Society, Lethal Weapon 2, Honey, I Shot the Kids, The Little Mermaid, Ghostbusters 2, License to Kill. But do you know what came in at number 19 that year? Um, 
not this. Christmas vacation. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what came I'm in? I'm Ed number 77. Do you know what came in at number 33 that year though? Not this. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> These are all movies we've covered before. But do you know what came in at number 39 that year? Uh, Weekend of Bernie's. Weekend. <laughs> all right, all right. I've got that out of the way. But do you know what came in at number 67 that year? Little Monsters. Kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what came in all the way down at number 88? Oh, it's killing me. Cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> now. The, Unlisted. <laughs> the, that's the lowest the numbers go. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, when you go to worldwide so, box office, the numbers.com or whatever it is, it only goes to 88 for whatever reason. It's lucky. And, yeah. And Cyborg is it. So this film didn't beat Cyborg. Yeah. Or should it? So the movie that came in somewhere lower than number 88 for 1989 was a little film about a little monster called Little Monsters. Came in, came out, it came out in August of 1989. Budget of seven million dollars, and this is where it all starts to make sense with a gross return of seven hundred ninety-three thousand seven hundred seventy-five dollars. So this is the first time it's not. I've had to say thousands of dollars. Now, to be wow. fair, it had a very limited release. It only got shown on 179 screens or 179 theaters. I mean, good. What are you trying to say, Greg? I'll tell you later. <laughs> I've heard this was the Citizen Kane of creepy movies you shouldn't show your kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think critics tended to agree with you, Greg. Run tomato scores from critics sit around 44%. Audience score, on the other hand, 62%. <laughs> it's not a home run. Uh, nope. It's, it's certainly not. And I don't think you saw this one, did you, Greg? Look, I might have. It was it? Oh, okay. If, no, let's go with no. Okay. I, it's just that I don't remember it at all. At yeah, all. at all. Well, that means it's time for a plot prediction. Oh, do I do that now? Yes, plot prediction because, Greg, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, it's a good opportunity to, you know, based on what you know from the poster, what you know from the name, mm-hmm. Fred Savage, it can be somewhat entertaining. <laughs> to have a stab at what this movie might actually be about well, and how close you could actually get. Stab I did. Stab you did? So Oh, I've got some background music for you. Oh, you do? Which I usually put in in post, but I thought if I play it live. Oh, that, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might yeah. it might I don't know. <laughs> could be a, a disaster. That's love. That's really nice. It's from the movie, apparently. Little Timmy was having a rough trot. Apart from struggling to make friends, his parents were splitting up. He was a very creative boy with an imaginary monster friend. Most kids teased him about his imaginary monster friend, even his older brother, Chet. But then one day, the whole town needs Timmy. And the monsters help. And they're about to find out 
that there's a little monster in all of us. Oh! Well, yeah, that's not too far off. Yes, I feel I, I'm. I'm happy with where I went there. I mean, I mm. kept it pretty ambiguous and vague. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest. Obviously, that's I'll admit, okay. I should say. Um, but look, the parents splitting up. I felt like that was a trope I picked quite well. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. The new town, I feel I could have guessed because in the film there's a new town. As an extension, yeah, yeah. it kind of fits that whole template. Uh, yeah. Older brother, Chet, I got wrong. Yeah. There was a brother. Um, Maybe getting your wires crossed there with uh, um, what, others, the Wonder Years. Others. Yeah. Wayne. Yeah, Wayne. <laughs> there's a little monster in all of us. Mm. was like Well, it could meta. be depending on your reading of the film. Mm. Mm. Now, Greg, I've seen this movie. Yes. I've seen this movie many times. In my childhood. So, yeah, I've, I'm so intrigued as someone that hasn't watched this to hear about. I don't know why because this wasn't a big exper- movie. Experiences. But for some reason, I don't know if Jono owned it on video. So Jono, my best mate when I was a kid that lived down the street, that's where I saw most of my R-rated movies and such, which I couldn't see at home. Jono was 30 at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would arrive under my bed at night. No. <laughs> Um, he was actually a couple of years younger than me, so he's getting these bloody R-rated movies. Anyway, it yes. was very yes. handy. This movie not R-rated, obviously, but I think he must have – I don't know if he owned it or what, but we watched it a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I think the fact that it wasn't well known made it even more meaningful because it was just kind of our thing. Like this is our – oh, we love this movie. It's just like something we watched all the time. Yeah. I can see why a kid would like this film. For sure. Yeah, and I think it scared me. Like I found it scary. I fucking hope so. I'm wondering if it was the gateway into Freddy because if you recall on the Freddy episode, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, I mentioned me and Jono watched all of those when we were kids mm. and for some reason my mum was cool with it. That's weird, And yeah. it's there's some overlap there with this one. I wonder if this was a stepping stone to that. not sure. It was a grooming film. It's one way to put it. Yeah. 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 In many ways. In many, many ways. Many ways. The worst way, potentially. Yeah. And I think at the time, this idea of monsters in the room, like it did scare me. And I did have like those kinds. Of, did you ever have anything when you were a kid of being scared of monsters in your room and that kind of oh, shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Did you, ha- do you have any like vivid memories of this kind of shit? Not that I could recount on the podcast. Yeah, okay. I have one, which I think I mentioned in the Freddy one, which was the people with bowling ball heads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a legit thing. I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would think I saw people in my room with bowling ball heads. And I remember vividly, vividly, my bed was next to my desk. Uh-huh. And I think it was, a, it was a bunk bed, so I think my sister was still sleeping in the same room as me at that point. But there was a desk next to my bed where the lamp, the lamp was on it but there was a bowling ball head man sitting at the desk. So usually mm. I turn the light on and then I'm good. But he was sitting at the desk and I was too scared to reach for the lamp and he had a moustache. Sleep, this is the sleep up there perhaps, being awake and asleep so you're still dreaming. Maybe, yeah, the um, sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Tristan and I used to compare notes when we first met Yeah, on sleep paralysis. I still get it. I and maybe get I had it, it then and I didn't realise. I reckon so because you do have... Crazy shit happening. Yeah, and you're you're awake but you're asleep, so you do actually can see your dreams, kind of. That could explain it, Greg. That's it. Or there were bowling head 
what bowling ball head people. <laughs> Either way, they've got bowling ball heads, so I wonder what triggered that specific. I don't know. I like bowling. Oh, do you know what it would have been? What? AMF used to run those ads on very high frequency. For $7.50, you get, get two, two games, two high hot dogs, fries, fries and a Coke. Coke. Yeah, that's It went true. up a lot. It went up a lot. For $42.80. <laughs> you get two higher. <laughs> that's it. One shoe. That's the song. That's the jingle now, kids. <laughs> bowling's probably very expensive now. Disco bowling. Now they've got all kinds of colourful lights. And alcohol. And alcohol, which, you know. I'd go for a bowl. Oh, we should do that for Lebowski. Live from Top Ride AMF. <laughs> from AMF, yeah. Well, that was a big moment because I used to live next door to Top Ride when that opened up because oh, we didn't have much there. It was big. Yeah, that was a I big deal. I had a few deal. parties there. We had um, one of the car racing, maybe it was Daytona or something, one of the machines was broken. Mm-hmm. So you used to lift the chair and press the button for free credits. We knew all the hacks in Top because we just used to hang out Top Ride all the time. Yeah. I'd go to Daryl Lee, get a free sample. I'd go to Baker's Delight, get a free sample. I'd go to the donut store and look real sad and the lady would say, can I help you? And I'm like, no, it's okay, I don't have any money. And she'll give me a cinnamon donut. Uh, I play this routine a lot. And then I went through a rebellious phase where I stole candy from Franklin's. Nice. Then I felt so guilty one day I confessed to my (laughs) mum. Which in hindsight is kind of sweet. My mum must have thought, isn't that sweet? Years later I'd get busted stealing a porno on Mother's Day. Oh. (laughs) I got arrested for stealing a porno. Did you? So did I. On a Mother's Day. It was a Mother's Day. You're like Bart Simpson. Yeah, it was exactly like that. Except that was Bone Crusher or something. It was exactly like that, Greg. When I saw that episode, which came out after the fact, this is exactly how my mum treated me. It's like, fair. Yeah, which is totally fair. She was, off, it hurt it's her quite feelings. off brand for you. Yeah. Anyway, as I'm alluding to, big movie for me. Can you tell me a little bit about how this film came to be? No. <laughs> No, I've got a little bit, but not really. But let's get into it. Origin story. This is less of an origin story, more of a behind-the-scenes trivia corner because I don't have the full detail on how this movie came to be, but I've got a few interesting tidbits in in the background. Yeah, context, there's an, another film has been released called Little Monsters. An Australian film, no less. Yeah. And uh, it looks better than this one. So, look, the, the SEO, the search results on, on Little Monsters were limited. And let's be honest, it's not like it made a huge cultural impact. So there's just not a lot out there about it. But I was able to find some interesting little things, some things, Greg, that I think you'll be interested in. Uh, I go. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't have the full picture, as I said, but I do have some interesting little nuggets Little chicken nuggets that I was able to pull out that I think are interesting. Let's start with the director, Richard Greenberg. Yes. This appears to be the only film he directed. Well, he directed a documentary as well and he directed one episode of Tales from the Crypt. But this is the only movie movie. This wasn't his documentary about Hollywood? (laughs) No, it was an allegory perhaps. Um, But we've talked about him before. Would you be able to guess where? Richard Greensboro. Richard Greenberg. Richard Greenberg. There's a hint in his name. We talked about him on Predator. He did the special effects. He also did special effects on Flash Gordon, Star Trek Nemesis, The Devil's Advocate, Last Action Hero, Xanadu and Lady Hawk. Oh. Now the clue here is in his initials. R. 
G A Exactly. Ding 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 ding. So this is a wild one, especially for Greg and I, because um we worked slash still work in the advertising industry. That's where we met. So did this man, Richard Greenberg. So what started as a company that specialized in visual effects evolved into becoming an advertising agency, a very well-known one, a very highly awarded one called RGA or originally R. Greenberg Associates. They're part of the IPG group. It's a public group of companies, which is one of the groups we worked out where we met. Uh-huh. So we basically worked on this movie in Predator. Well, I didn't work on this one. <laughs> anyway, I just worked on the good one. Yeah, I have no association. With this <laughs> so it's it's an interesting one because yeah, this is the only um, non documentary, the only not the only fiction, the only non non fiction film. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. It's really the only movie he's directed. Yes, but what an interesting legacy in that all of the special effects he's done founded one of the. You know, a big, a, a big, a big advertising agency globally, not Australia. What a weird and wonderful legacy! Yeah. So on the one hand, you look at this guy, and he's just totally and not, undone that. I mean, at first All that glance, life's work <laughs> with an hour and forty-five minutes of. But it's one of those guys, and it always makes me wonder. You know, I do a little bit extra digging when it's a movie where there's not much out there, just by, as a result of there not being easy access to things. Got to get a bigger in, in other circumstances, exactly. In other circumstances, I may have just glossed over this guy, not realizing, just thinking, oh, he directed one movie, he did, he did nothing else. That's what I did. <laughs> but he is a, he's a quite a big deal in other areas, which you know, there's something in that. This would be his hidden on. He wouldn't bring this one up at dinner parties. No. Or would he? Well, I think someone was saying, friend of the show, Vince Usher, who gave us all that great intel on. Um, on Predator was yeah. saying, I think that they still they use the Predator stuff in their agency creds. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't work in advertising, agency creds are like a something you show to a client you're trying to woo before it's the official pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, just show them what you can do. So, yeah. so always having Predator in there is kind of awesome. <laughs> it is a great, yeah, it's great. It's a great feather in your cap. It's great. Now the the other little area that I think is quite interesting, the writers. Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. They wrote a lot of movies together over the years, this being the first. Did they write the, the dialogue? <laughs> I guess so. Mm. I mean, they're the only credited writers. But interestingly, these guys went on to pretty massive things. They wrote a Jail? <laughs> no, sorry. No, not Jail. Well, this is – I wish there was more out there because I wonder, is this one of those ones where the original script is kind of different, hit some of those things more – like was it in some of the weird things we're alluding to, were they intentional? Were they trying to say something? It's a bit muddled up in the final result. But mm. before we get into that stuff, Sorry. these guys went on to write Aladdin, Aladdin. Wow. Shrek. Keep going. All of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. What? And apparently Terry Rossio, one half of this duo, but I think this extends to both, but I could only find it specifically about him. He's the 11th most successful screenwriter of all time based on domestic box office receipts. Wow. I think it adds up to like $5 billion. That's impressive. You know what he's famous for now? Being rich. Controversial Twitter account. Anti-vax and pro-N-word. Oh. He's since apologised but he's very extremely anti-vax and 
I remember reading this headline, but I didn't know who the guy was like six months or a year ago or something of this guy that <laughs> tweeted, this Hollywood guy that tweeted that anti-vax is the new N-word basically is what he said without saying N-word. The, twi- the tweets have since been deleted and he's apologised, but fuck, man. <laughs> huh. Interesting parallels to draw there. <laughs> yeah, there were great responses to it. Like, Yeah, the way anti-vaxxers have been enslaved and this. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, you're right on, man. So another legacy tarnished. So he sounds like a bit of an idiot. It makes sense. (laughs) I feel like he's been working towards that. (laughs) The the loop is closed. Yeah. (laughs) If you had told me this guy was some amazing philanthropic legend that can play piano, I'd be I think we're just waiting to find out that he went to Epstein's Island, I suppose, is what you're getting at. I'm sure he... Help build it. Is this slander or libel or something? I'm not sure. Possibly. He, he, he probably didn't. Allegedly, perhaps. Yeah. Now, finally, the uh, production company that made it called Vestron Pictures, most famously, the you wouldn't have heard of them because they no longer exist. But I most was just famously, checking it wasn't an anagram for anything <laughs> satanic. <laughs> they did Dirty Dancing. Oh. But they were on the ropes when this movie Lovely came film. about. They went bankrupt a few years later, I think 92 or something. But Tough year. they were pretty cash poor and they sold this thing to MGM, which kind of was the driver of the low the low screenage. Mm. Bish, bash, bosh. Oh, wait, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> and cast. How, just to, I mean, look, this origin story is spotty at best, but I, I want to cover all bases here just to get, get some of this, these hygiene points out of the way. I want to. Talk yeah. about cast, just yeah, so okay. when we refer back to these names later, of course you've got Fred Savage as Brian Stevenson. You've got Daniel Stern as Glenn Stevenson, which yep. is very interesting casting considering he is the yeah. adult voice of Kevin Arnold in The Wonder Years. A lovely Easter egg. A lovely Easter egg. Double down on that Easter egg, another family affair. You've got Ben Savage as Eric Stevenson, Brian's younger brother in his big screen debut. Wow. He's very good in this. He's one of those kids that seems legitimately scared and it makes you wonder what they did to him. You got Howie Mandel as Maurice, the monster who Brian befriends, someone we've talked about a few times before. He's the voice of Gizmo in Gremlins. There you go. He's also the voice of Bobby in Bobby's World. Bobby. And now he's the host of Deal or No Deal and America's Got Talent. Mm. Mm. Frank Whaley as Boy, ruler of the monster world, or as you may know him, Big Kahuna Burger Guy. From Pulp Fiction. I Maybe always, that's why he was getting shot. I always thought that was Parker Lewis can't lose, but it's not. It's this guy. It's this guy. The creepiest creep that ever creeped. <laughs> and then Rick Duckamon. Duckamon. Rick. <laughs> Rick D. Oh, Rick D. And the weekly top 40. It's not him, but he played Snick and he is quite a well. He's one of those I guys that's been in lots of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's not? Well, he looks like that big neck guy. Have you seen that guy that became the meme? I follow him on Instagram. Wide neck. It's wide, wide neck. Wide neck. <laughs> it is wide neck. He looks like him. But that guy, he was in everything. He passed away a few years ago, unfortunately. Amber Barreto as Kirsten, the, the girl that Brian likes. And Devin Rattray, who we know, of course, as Buzz from Home Alone and the adult with a very small goatee in more recent times. Yes. His character's name, though, is Ronnie Coleman. Lightweight buddy. Everybody want to be a bodybuilder, but can't nobody lift these heavy ass weights. I do it, though. (laughs) 
No, I'm about a peanut. We love Ronnie Coleman, friend of the show. Yes. If you don't know who he is, he's what, eight times Mr. Olympia? Yeah. Poor guy, I think he's in a wheelchair now or something. No, he's cruising around. I don't know if he's cruising. He's had like multiple spinal fusions. He's a uh, bodybuilding and weightlifting legend. And he was a cop too. Imagine that cop. (laughs) He's very large. He's the best. The best. He's he's got all this. His body is completely crook. Like he is so broken. Broken man. He says, my only regret is that I, what is it? I I had another rep in, in me on my... World squat record. He was squatting like fucking 800 kilos or something. Oh, so he has no regret of the injuries. He's just like, no, wish he, he got he goes, more oh, out he goes, of it. I could have squeezed an extra rep on that. Fuck. On my 800 pound lift. Or, no, it would have been more than that. I don't know. Anyway, Damn. big lift. Big man. Big friend of the show. Yeah. Hey, um, Ronnie, if you're listening. Ronnie, if you're listening, come on the show. Talk about Mr. Olympia. Anyway, they get these people, they throw them under a bed. Bish, bash, bosh. He goes, help a movie. Rap party at. Some inappropriate place for children. Mm. Mm. Let's play the trailer. Yeah. Monster! There was a real monster! There is nothing under your bed, and I want you to just go to sleep, okay? There was a monster! There are no monsters. If you say there's no monster, then switch rooms with me. Your lucky night. Imagine a world solely of kids. No teachers, no rules, no homework, no parents. Come on now! I'm a monster, and what do monsters do? Good question. Come on, scare the hell out of her. It's our duty. Come on, stop it! We almost had him. He was becoming one of us. Eric's gone. Have you seen him? Do you know where he went? I know where Eric is, but I'm not leaving until I have him. If we're not up before the sun clears the horizon, we turn into monsters. Are you still in? I'm in. Keep an eye out for monsters! Let's blow him away, Brian! No way out! I want my brother! I amaze me. Exactly. Take a walk on the wild side. <sighs> Interesting movie. I gotta imagine a lot of listeners haven't seen this one, uh, like like yourself, Craig. Could you do them a favor and give them a bit of a plot synopsis? Yeah, yeah, I'll get I'll get a plot synopsis. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, okay, yeah. so Brian and his little brother and his parents moved to a new neighborhood in like suburban Boston or something. Mm. Brian's struggling to fit into school. Parents are starting to argue, and to top it off, he's starting to get blamed for these sort of mishaps around the house that he's claiming mm. he hasn't done. I think there's a mess in the kitchen, some ice cream left in a cupboard. A bike behind the he car. He left his bike behind the dad's car, got run over. Mm. Um, so he's, he's pretty disheveled and grumpy and, you know, disconnected. Uh, Brian and his little brother, Boy Meets World, mm. <laughs> suspect there's a monster in the house. So Brian sets some traps with some Doritos. Yeah. Which is a great idea because Doritos are delicious. I love Doritos. <laughs> I, at this point in the movie, I'm still, I'm like, this might be good. Yeah. Because they actually take their time with the, the parent drama and stuff. It takes a while to get Yeah, it's nice. Thing. And I like a bit of 80s family yeah. drama, you know, like it's, it's building, it's building. Mm. He's setting a trap. 
and he's being meticulous with his trap setting, using his broken bike to set levers. Yeah. And he catches a monster and it's pretty downhill from there. Um, so, yeah, he catches a monster that comes out on his bed. Turns out there's a whole world of monsters under the bed. Mm. Uh, he becomes friends with this monster, Maurice, mm. and then Maurice basically starts taking him to this monster world and they start pulling pranks on other kids, which is what the monsters do. Mm. Hence the uh, the things that had happened in his house. Mm. They do that to all the other kids. Basically get other kids in trouble. That's kind of the main shtick. Yeah. Uh, then it starts getting a little bit dark. Turns out the monster wanted to keep him there, but didn't. The other monster wanted to keep him there. You turn into a monster. They got to get out of there. I guess get out of there. Yeah. They get out of there. Now, a lot of that third act I, I forgot about. Right. It gets quite dark, doesn't it? It gets quite dark. Um, it's not really... Uh, can I make it a love story? Probably. The worst kind of love story? Oh, God. It's... Uh, I give it half a star. I hated <laughs> this film. As I was re-watching it, I was like, I wonder what Greg's going to think of this. <sighs> oh so you should have watched this before coming to America. Number two. Oh, yeah. Because I was watching this and you were watching The Second Coming to America and you were like, eh. And I'm watching this and I think this lowered the bar significantly for Big then time. going watching Coming to America. I was like, this is a feel good, the feel good movie of the yeah. year. I feel so good now. I feel <laughs> clean again. I felt dirty watching this. It, this took me more sittings than any other movie we've watched so I thought far. so because you texted me on multiple evenings as if you were watching it. I was like, I I'm, was. I'm pretty sure he's not watching it thrice. He must be just oh, chipping away at I this slowly. Chipping away, and Carol was like, well, "But you're I respect really that. grinding this one out, huh?" <laughs> I respect that because sometimes if it's a movie you're not that engaged in, it can be easy just to leave it on and not pay much attention. But I respect that you stuck at it. Oh man, I wanted to. Yeah, this was legitimately a hard film for me to watch. And at, at what point did it start to fall off for you? As soon as the monster came into it. Really? Yeah, I I couldn't stand visually the monster. Yeah. For me, that guy was like Beetlejuice mm. had a, a love child with Paulie Shaw and Pennywise the Clown. Yeah. The three-way gangbang and the semen that was extracted made this. Because noise. you even, when we did Beetlejuice, I mean, I think we both ultimately liked it, but even you were not that blown away by Beetlejuice himself. I like the performance, but I don't, I find him unsettling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this was, it's like a very hard character to pull off, they had Michael Keaton. These guys had Howie Mandel. Yeah. And he gave it his all to his credit. But, yeah, it's he hard to – I think I I liked him the same way I liked Beetlejuice when I was a kid, but as an adult it's like, fuck, it's, it's kind of a – I think the thing with this versus something like Beetlejuice versus something like Monsters, Inc., I couldn't really – well, until you get to something quite dark, I couldn't really understand the logic of this monster world. Like, why is it there? Like, they're playing pranks on kids, but, you know, Monsters, Inc., it's like it's an energy source, yada, yada, yada. Oh, there's, Monsters, it's, Inc. Uh, is, yeah, there's some parallels in that what what do the monsters do that you live? Yeah. So the monsters, you know, where do they come from? But they build a logic around it, why they do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Beetlejuice, he's a human exorcist or whatever the thing they said yeah, yeah. was. There's like a thing there, but I don't get why they're doing it just for the sake of doing it, which then you could kind of go, okay, well, is it sort of this allegory of the old? Uh, they're <laughs> eating children. That's why they're doing it. Are they eating them? 
Well, yeah, they're turning them into monsters and then making them their slave bitches in the underworld. They're turning them into monsters, but then, yeah. It's so wrong. It's it's out there, man. Like, we can, well, I'm sure we'll get into it, but the dialogue. Yeah. There's some really inappropriate dialogue in this film. I'll, there's some fucked up shit. Some really inappropriate dialogue. Yeah. Kind of blew me away. Yeah, and even this time it, I didn't – some of it I didn't catch at first and then in like doing the research after there's more things that I missed that other people picked up on. I'm like, yeah, oh, wow. one. Yeah, because having watched this as a kid I'm just a more – I guess I'm. it's less obvious to me. I've been groomed essentially. Oh. We'll, we'll get into that in a sec. Mm. Some of the things so I do – Yes, like I, look, it. sorry, but I just want to get your – Yeah. This is a film you loved as a child. Yeah. So I've – yeah, sorry, pointlessly I, I want to know. Yeah. What was the rewatch like? <laughs> it was interesting. I guess my notes aren't in chronological order. My first thing I had yeah, here. Yeah, mine, mine are a mess, sorry. The first thing I had here in, in all caps was over-the-shoulder boulder holder. I used to say that all the time. I missed that. It's a bra. Oh. And I was like, oh, that's where I got this from. I still say it sometimes to be dumb, like it's a yeah, stupid yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the old over-the-shoulder boulder holder, like Dara or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's what it's the got from this, which alarms me. What else did I pick up on from, yeah, to the neighbours, people down the street? Um, yeah, which alarms me a little bit in terms of what else did I pick up from this movie? Um, it's a very creepy film, Greg, as it's we've so, alluded to. Oh, it's so creepy. I'd say it's less scary but more creepy as an adult. So as a kid it was scary. As an adult, it's creepy on a whole different level. Oh, it's uncom- It's very uncomfortable. I'm curious who, how many of our listeners have watched this as kids. I remember. Let alone recently. Because when we first started doing this podcast, it's one of the first ones that came to mind because it's one of those personal ones, but I know it's not. It's more of a deep cut. It's not a big movie. Mm. Didn't want to do it too early on in the pod because no one would listen to it. But I did do a post on an Insta story early on just to see if anyone's seen it. I think it was about sixty percent. Yes, so it's 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 people are aware of it. Yeah, but mm, put it this way, I don't think it's just it's not going to be a high downloads week this week. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot in this, and as it's unfolding, there's like fifty fifty things that I'm like, oh, that's right, and fifty fifty. Wait, what? Like the whole the boy thing. It's like, what's the boy? Yeah. And then why they call him the boy, and he's dressed like a kid. Oh. And it's quite um, – there's like some innuendo there. We'll get more into that. Yeah. Yeah. And then just overall creepy – creepiness. I mean even just in terms of the overall aesthetic, which in a way I quite like because it's got that Beetlejuice yeah. pr- um, practical I, thing going mm, on. Yeah. But it's very off-putting. Yeah, I found out the whole yeah. aesthetic was unsettling. But it is – I guess it's meant to I be. like it's a idea. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a, it's, yeah. it's, it's a scary movie. The piss in the apple juice. I kind of dug that. <laughs> Young Greg would have really dug that. Well, I, I loved it. Yeah. I didn't really think much about it other than it. But yeah. then it's like. No, I'm like, I'm still down with that. Did you ever see, could I just ask on the piss thing, did you ever see The Boy Who Could Fly? No. We'll have to do it at some stage. Okay. It was a big movie in my childhood. And right. I don't really remember it, but I'm sure that. The sort of protagonist's younger brother helps him fight off the bad guys at the end and he fills his super soaker with piss <laughs> because I did it uh, when I was older. I pissed into a 
I feel like that's a thing, yeah. Because like we were getting beaten up by the, my brother and his mates uh, in a water fight. So I, me and my mate pissed in water pistols and went. And, <laughs> so the piss thing works for me, <laughs> given it was a bully. Yeah. Sorry, that's all I had on that. <laughs> oh, do you think the Eminem song is about this? Probably not. I don't know the words. Neither do I. But the violin will start in your heart and your heart and the heart. Harrison Ford. On the four points. Anyway, the piss in the apple juice. What I did like about it, speaking of the piss in the apple juice thing, is when it, <laughs> when it pays off Sorry. and. The guy dies. <laughs> eventually. Ronnie Coleman gets a gets <laughs> serious infection. No, um, when. When Fred Savage is at school being cool guy, watching it happen. Yeah. He's got his wayfarers on. He's quite cool. He's he's cool. He's he's like a little mini Ferris Bueller in this, which I quite like because yeah, good, I always loved Wonder Years, comparison. but he was never the cool guy. And he he he's just got this accessible yeah, but accessible swagger. He doesn't I was, he's not trying to force anything. I was thinking this as I was watching it, and in stark contrast to doing something like Coming to America last week. Which you know, all black cast, and we talked about how unconscious of that we were as kids. That how important that is, yada yada yada. I'm watching this, and I'm like, I feel like he's the he's the every kid. I really related to him as an every kid. Yeah, I don't know if that's just because I'm white now, but he is very I'm white now. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't white when I was young. <laughs> no, I've just become more conscious of that lately. Oh, but well, holy um, shit, I'm white. <laughs> well, you know, to be fair, there were probably years where I didn't think that. <laughs> uh, ditto, man. Ditto. I was, I was definitely European. Yeah. Oh, I lied. I was Mediterranean. A lot. It was the at my high school it was so uncool to just be like white Australian. Yeah. I used to say I was like yeah European or something to impress chicks. But anyway, it's off the topic. Irish is in Europe. Irish <laughs> islands in Europe. That's true. Um, but yeah, Fred Savage being cool guy, I thought was fun. Yeah, I when he that too. He's, he's got his hands in his pockets there, he's got his sunglasses on, even in like. Because he's rocking up, because he's staying up all night in Monster oh, World and then why, turning yeah, up to school late, like kind of this quasi hangover type yeah. vibe with his sunnies on. He had a late, had a big night. And when he's he's being quite cool with the he's chick too, cool. he's showing the flip book idea. Like no wonder she's into him. Yeah. I he's was like, cool. And th- that was, these were some of the things, the good things as it happened, I remembered. I was like, oh yeah, the flip book, that and was, he, like, he's cool. He's he a goes, cool kid. He's a cool kid. He goes hard on Ronnie Coleman. Ronnie Coleman's twice his size. Yeah. And he, he, and he doesn't. He doesn't a, back down. He doesn't like, there's not like a pinnacle moment where he stands up to him. And that kind of reminded me very like uh, Daniel LaRusso energy there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we did that recently. Just, it was just top of it. mind. And but both brown hair. That thing where they don't back down, mm. that they're not being uh, cliche Kid Last gets bullied at school, yada, yada. Crispin Glover. He's, he's got this unwarranted confidence. <laughs> like he's, I mean, it's good that he has it, but, you know, in movie terms, it's unexpected. Mm. That he's got this kind of swagger to him. So I enjoyed that. I did enjoy that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're delaying the inevitable here but because <laughs> we're going to get into some, some dark stuff. Um, I think there's a lot. Well, I'm I'm about to list a bunch of movies which I hadn't seen before I watched this as a kid. But now in hindsight, there's a lot of overlap with a lot of movies. It's a bit of a cocktail. But to be fair to this movie, we've mentioned a half of them already, but to be fair to this movie, some of these movies came out before Little Monsters and some came out after. But there's definitely a bit of Labyrinth in there. Oh yeah. Which was eighty six. Just a little 
Yeah, and but the kid, the kid brother gets kidnapped too. Oh yeah, good. He has to go rescue it. Which at first I was like, oh wait, is that the whole plot? It wasn't it creepy in the labyrinth though. Yeah, which was sexually charged. Which was so. There's weird. Do we have double standard? No. I think because when we talked about labyrinth, I think where we landed on it was, it was almost her. Her yeah. projecting this weirdness on it, like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. an actual predator. It wasn't predator. It's predator vibes, isn't it? That's the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Keep going. Labyrinth, Beetlejuice, with a touch of like where the wild things are, arguing with the parents and going off to some mm. wild place. But then after, obviously, supper. Yeah, yeah, that kind of shit. And a bit of Freddy Krueger you talked about before. A bit of Freddy Krueger in there. Monsters Inc. It's pretty close, really, like in terms of the mechanics of it and that kind of thing, less so in the logic of it. But then overall aesthetically, Mighty Boosh. Yeah. It's quite Boosh-esque. Yeah. In a lot of like the makeup and that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, true. In that it looks quite cheap by today's standards, you know, like just all kinds of weird shit on your face. (laughs) Not so much the main monsters but a lot of the background monsters were just like, hey, here's a man with with an extra thing on his head. (laughs) Like it's just random shit like that. Yep. But you could imagine Noel Fielding, you know, just getting a bunch. I wish, I wish he was involved. <laughs> if they were going to do a remake, they could do that. Well, you don't even need a remake because Mighty Boosh is almost like a good version of what this could be in many ways. Yeah. Um, but overall, as an aesthetic, I, I, I kind of liked it. But I think, Greg, there's something we've been dancing around, which I want to tackle. Peanut butter and onion sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> So for those that don't remember, there's one of the things that apparently little um, Brian likes to do is have a sandwich with onion and peanut butter. But Greg, wife of the show, Ara, has actually prepared for us some peanut butter and onion sandwiches to try for ourselves. It sounds horrendous, but it's the one thing in this movie that I'll be willing to try. Oh, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go get it. So Seymour seems to be a little bit more excited about this than us. But, Greg, I have here a, I believe it's a, a rye sourdough. Yes. With Kraft peanut butter, smooth. Kraft is in C-R-A-F-T. <laughs> yeah, I crafted it myself <laughs> out of some leftover peanuts. And um, some red for, onions. We debated red Spanish onions or onion. brown onions, Spanish onions. This is a gourmet version. <laughs> it is quite a gourmet version. This is balsamic vinegar and... Actually, some balsamic would have been not bad on this. You go first. Smells a bit like satay. (laughs) Peanut butter and onion, makes sense. Do you want my tasting notes? Yeah, as you go. You can hear a crunch. It's pretty good. Actually? It tastes like satay. This is good. This is delicious. Interesting. All right, I'll go next. Greg's not putting it down. He's not putting it down. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) It's good, isn't it? No way. (laughs) Peanut butter and onion is good. Whoa. I can't swallow this because I'm not going to eat onions for my colonoscopy. (laughs) You can't swallow it? That's why I bought it. That's unfortunate. You can hear the crunch. Sorry, Seymour, onions aren't good for dogs. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. How about that? I'm down. I mean, Ara's made a very gourmet one here. It's true. On oh, olive oil. 
Oh, yeah, and lightly fried in the pan yeah. with olive oil. I thought no chance. But then you're right, before we recorded, Greg made a good point that it, uh, peanut butter goes with quite a few things. Yeah, satay, gato, 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 gato. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It's a legume after all. <laughs> <laughs> so is this the one thing in the movie that holds up quite well? <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> yes. That and the savage charm. Yeah, the savage charm is good. Is Daniel Stern ever not like a jerk? Psycho. And yeah. yeah. He's always got that psycho energy. But that's I've always found that ironic with um, the Wonder Years because his voiceover is so calm. 100%. It makes no sense. It's just so calm. We didn't know it at the time. <laughs> you know, but this would be the last time Winnie and I would ever, you know, that kind of bullshit. Well, that's lateness. Versus yeah. like, Marv. No, he's Marv. Harry, Harry. Sticky bandits. He's always crazy. Now, Howie Mandel is an interesting one. Now, he's no Michael Keaton, but let's be honest, who is? Yeah, that's fair. But the poor guy had a hard time in this movie. Are you aware of his um, (laughs) some specific challenges? So he's OCD. I didn't hear this. He's OCD and a germaphobe and ADHD. Could I ask, sorry, is he... Is Howie Mendel the guy from Californication? No. Okay. He's bald now, so he looks a bit like that guy, mm. but it's not him. Mm. Okay. No. Yeah, I can't remember that guy's name. We're not talking about David Duchovny. Mm. Talking about his mate. Um, yeah, he's had some challenges. So he, in talking about this movie specifically, when you add those to the mix, think about the process of what he would have to go through while having OCD, germaphobe and ADHD. He said, when Little Monsters was presented to me, I was like, okay, without any thought of what it would mean. Did he think he was going to be Fred Savage? (laughs) Maybe. He said, you know, it was a nice experience. I met nice people. I had a nice time personally, but physically it almost killed me. Ultimately, he's saying, it's not good to spend a summer in the Carolinas wrapped in latex. He says, don't try this at home. Don't wrap yourself. I mean, it's wonderful. Maurice is a wonderful character. It was a fun time. Everybody was great and there were funny scenes, but I was wrapped in latex. Do you know what humidity and latex does? After the movie, I couldn't even put a condom on. <laughs> so I was anti-latex. Uh, I know that what? doesn't sound safe, but I was married and, and happy, but I would not. I don't even want to say the word latex anymore. But now I feel like I would not do that again. Is that a com- Sorry, is that a comedy bit? Is that his bit? He's being serious. No, he's got I 70 even kids a condom. now. Yeah. I mean, he was married, so, you know. But even just the fact that he had ADHD. So he says he doesn't have a GAD. So he couldn't, yeah. He doesn't even have a GED because he couldn't sit still in class. So he had to sit for hours putting on makeup on, four hours, um, and then doesn't want to be touched because he's a germaphobe, yada, yada, yada. So he's going crazy. And then once it's done, he has to act happy like this monster. So he, he just was having a shit time. Shit time. Yeah, yeah. And he's moved on to different, I mean, he did Bobby's World, he did Gremlins, he's host of Deal or No Deal in the US and he's a judge on America's Got Talent. But very briefly, from what I can tell, he also had a talk show in the late 90s. Oh, called? The Howie Mandel Show. Side note, Ara just arrived home. We want her to try this sandwich. Come and eat the sandwich. Ara, come try the sandwich. Try the the sandwich. Try the sandwich. Try the sandwich. Try the sandwich. It's delicious. I like it a lot, everyone. <laughs> what a surprise. 
Greg's less surprised. I'm more surprised. It's good. She's gone for a second bite already. She's taking it away. It's it's like it's legitimately good. Fred, you savage. Yeah, the Fred Savage sandwich. There you go. Can we? Are we how can we find out what the origin of the sandwich was for the film? We've got to put it out there. I'll get onto Reddit now before Ara rudely interrupted. <laughs> God, no. Um, what I was saying was Howie Mandel was host of the Howie Mandel show in the late nineties, and who should stop by as a guest but a young Fred Savage? And of course, they reminisced about this very movie. Yeah family mm-hmm. we did a movie together mm-hmm. you and i and it was called little monsters little monsters you, you remember i remember a lot of you guys saw it they're just applauding i played <laughs> i was totally unrecognizable in the movie i played the monster living under fred's bed my bed yes and he would come and get me and we would go into the bed and yeah well i got a clip from it I was so funny. Was so I funny. thought I was going to die. It was like we and were then, in Wilmington, North Carolina, which is a beautiful place. A beautiful it was, place. It was August. It and was we were a- working in a factory that was condemned. Right. This factory had been condemned and then uh, it, it wasn't like it was condemned and then refurbished. It was condemned and abandoned. That's why it was cheap for us yeah, to work there. Yeah, and then so our production company scooped it up, you know. They got a and deal. It was, it was uh, I think it was condemned because it was, I think it was toxic. I think it was. Because do you remember that the crew would have surgical masks on? Yeah, but not us. Not us. And, oh, it's fine, it's fine. We yeah, it's fine. And it was, like, it was like a hospital room with all the crew behind yeah, the camera. You would say, don't you think this is dangerous? No, it's not yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Don't worry about And I was wrapped in latex. It was 150 degrees, and you I had five latex. hours to make them wrapped in latex. Mm-hmm. It was but like, you helped me a lot. I remember you used to help me a lot. Holly was very, was wonderful to work with. I am wonderful to work with. You are. He was wonderful. I am wonderful to work with. There you go. That was weird. <laughs> you think they were uh, hiding something? I, yep. Yeah. I'm not into this show. <laughs> okay, should we just get into this darkness? Yeah. <laughs> this movie's pretty uh it's pretty out there, man. Yes. There's a Reddit theory that I think touches on a lot of the things you're talking about here. Oh yeah. Which is is little monsters about child abuse? It feels like it. Yeah. It's pretty hard to avoid it. This is from Reddit user Gnome Fish. Well, Gnome Fish. Gnome Fish. Gnome Fish. I think it's just hard to think otherwise. Well, and, and <laughs> for, I guess there's me. also, there is nuance a bit like Labyrinth. There's nuance in the movie being about it and presenting it versus a movie sort of embracing it. It's, it's a weird yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, because it doesn't seem. To, it's not so c- clearly defined that this is it's certainly not showing the dangers of it well it's it's not like a i don't know it's it's not clear enough one way or the other it's more just there's weird stuff in it i guess look it, it's weird in ter- like thematically yeah you know the kid gets taken under his bed by an older monster to a and yeah. then it's got all the tropes of grooming, yeah, which is you know like a uh, isolated kid, mm. um, you know, parents getting divorced, trouble at school, sort of thing, yeah. And then gets shown this sort of other world by this older person, presents them with candy and video games and all that, yeah. But then there's a sinister tone to it whereby they just want the kid, exactly, yeah. That's the that's kind of that is a I good summation of it. I mean, gnome fish. Touches on the same things, but yours is tighter. Really, I guess there's one thing he highlights here: is if monsters are exposed to the light of day, they become more 
they become even more monster-like before they die. This actually becomes a major Ooh. theme of the movie. In the end, the evil monsters are killed by shining lights on them. Oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of um, that. And that for some reason these lights are fashioned over the kids' chests and crutches like armour. Is this a metaphor for shining light on their abusers? Monsterland also has the weird effect of turning kids into monsters if they stay down there long enough. Perhaps this is a nod to the popular notion that being abused as a child is a strong indicator to become oh. an abuser as an adult, so you become a monster yourself. It's pretty dark shit, man. It is. And But there is, I mean, there's a few things within the movie that uh, maybe if there was just one of these things, it's easy to go, yeah. okay, that was weird, but they probably didn't mean that. There's lots of weird ad- adult humour that is borderline. It's misplaced as well. I mean, there's the one about, you know, the dog, he makes a dog out of his hand. Yeah. And then he says a man's hand, man's best friend his right is his hand. right hand. Yeah. There's another that's wanking just, that's joke just a bit, earlier. Yeah. And that's just. what it was. That's more, it's weird for a kid's movie. But then there's stuff that's quite overt. And this is this is the one that I missed. Yeah, I missed this too. I know the knees? Yeah, this is. So I play this clip. Yeah. This is something. Burn, burn, burn. You know, boy gets what he wants. If he asks you for a favor, you should take that as a compliment. What? I tried. You gotta believe me, Snake. I tried. Oh, you tried, did you, Arnold? Well, you didn't try hard enough. My, my knees, they hurt. Oh, your knees hurt? Well, that's not all that's gonna hurt, Arnold. You know why? Because I'm gonna take my big thumb and jab it in your eye. Now I'm gonna take my finger and put it in the corner of your mouth and I'm gonna rip the corner of your mouth out. <laughs> That's good for a laugh, isn't it? Huh? You're scared of me, aren't you, Arnold? Oh, I like that. Oh, I love that. But you know what I like even more than that, Arnold? I like taking my two big black leather gloved hands and grabbing your head and cutting it off! <laughs> I mean, he decapitates him, which is creepy. But creepier is the fact that the kid was complaining of having sore knees. Uh, uh. Okay, so look, that's open to interpretation. But in the cocktail of everything else in this movie, the fact that it's open to interpretation it yeah. shouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you shouldn't even have any. Like, it's just unless it's uh, again, there's note. not there's not a lot out there about this movie, unless. This is one of those origin stories, you know, that we didn't weren't able to access. Where this is just like a Freddy was meant to be like a Freddy Krueger type of movie where it is about fucked up shit, and then it's just kind of got muddled up into something that's a kids movie that still has traces of some fucked up shit in it. I don't know. It's weird. Uh, it's confusing, but yeah. in, either way, in my mind, it shouldn't. It shouldn't really exist. Yeah, it's it's in a weird space, man. And because it's got all the ingredients for what would be a more traditional yeah. Hollywood trope thing, like yeah. you were alluding to, parents getting divorced. Is the monster really just his id? You know, we talk, we've we yeah. had movies yeah. before where it's the id and the ego and that type of thing. Is is the monster really just the expression of his childlike, primal, just have Rebellion. fun with no consequences thing yeah. in, in response to his parents being divorced? Or chasing a father figure since his father's disappeared, but his father's still kind of there. They could have done a thing where Daniel Stern played the monster as well. Like that would have been a thing where it's like, oh, yeah. he's, it's like a dad thing. 
but it's none of those things. It's just this weird thing where monsters take you and groom you (laughs) into weird shit. And portrayed in uber creepy ways like The Boy. Yeah, The Boy. I didn't – I had to rewind – I had to put subtitles on because I was like, are they saying The Boy? Like what – I don't remember this The Boy. And the way he looks is fucking creepy. And he's dressed as a school kid. With like – Fucked up, man. It's like he's cut off a face and stuck it over his face. Yeah. It's so creepy. Yeah. Too creepy. And, and again, it's like I know it's meant to be creepy, but there's like this. It's in this. But it's weird, a family film, like it's a kids' film, isn't it? Yeah, but it's it's a family movie. It's, some of these things can be movie. scary without seeming inappropriate. I guess oh, it's, like, it's, it's so a, dark. Yeah, I, it was so hard to watch. I really struggled. Well, see, this is the thing, though, is a lot of this stuff I've only realised upon reflection. In that's like, in, that's why it's interesting. Like because in rewatching it, I still in, I knew it was a bad movie. I mean, in rewatching it, I'm going, this is not a good movie. Mm. But I didn't pick up on all that shit right away. I knew I'm like this is a bit darker than I remember. It's oh, that's creepy. That's creepy. I wasn't totally getting all the things that you picked up on right away. Yeah. I guess because I'd already been groomed. <laughs> <laughs> You're already down there. I was already the down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems like there's so many more obvious ways to make this make more sense. And we tend to not like we don't usually go down this path very often. We don't. Mm. We we sometimes nod the head to people's interpretations, theories, yeah, and theories. Well, and that's how it started for me. This Reddit one, I was like, oh, okay, here's a wacky theory. Then I was like, oh, well, wait. Well, that's how I kind of took the film. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I mean. So yeah. it took me a bit of digging to realize like, that was oh, there. Yeah. But for you, it was on the surface. Yeah. With fresh eyes as an adult. Yeah. See, I wonder if my mother had seen this film, if she would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. I mean, because we know this shit goes on in Hollywood, man. Oh, it's a, it's a she yeah. under the, it's the <laughs> mecca. I think Monsters, Inc. is a much nicer concept <laughs> yeah, of what yeah. the monsters are up to when they're not in your bedroom. Well, again, it's the thing of like how do you, what's the logic of this world or what's even the logic of the movie Logic of the world, Monsters, Inc. does it better. Logic of the movie, something like Labyrinth does it better where it's like, oh, it's all actually her fear of growing up or whatever. There's, yeah, there's I, like, I can't even quite put my finger on why it's just I think different. it's because it doesn't actually do any of those things. Those mm. are, If you're being generous, you could interpret it that way, but the movie doesn't really give you enough for that to be what it is. And, in fact, it just gives more creepy notes of... Well, that's weird for a kid's movie. <laughs> and what about the whole, even just the notion of these monsters going up and messing up kids' lives? Yeah. Like there's a, and this is probably being a bit too over the top, but, you know, um, there's a, there'd be millions of kids around the world with abusive parents where they'd, kids would be getting the shit kicked out. Oh, yeah, because, <laughs> because they didn't do something. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's. I think it's because of all good. the other stuff that, that bothers you. I think if that was the, or if that was the yeah, worst of it, that would just be more like. Well, so, yeah, the monsters are bad, bad guys, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's too much uh, everything. Yeah. Well, but just to sweeten things before we get into the verdict, a couple of bits of trivia. Oh, to okay. sweeten things. Oh yeah, red onion. Oh, uh, it works. Does a treat. make a peanut butter and onion sandwich slightly sweeter? It really does. And you know, maybe the olive oil and sourdough is the next level move. But I think it still would have been good with some Wonder White. I'm going to try some margarine. I mean, you don't need margarine. Nah. Fred Savage. Fred Savage. You know, he's, he's, he's more behind the camera these days, although he's popped up in a few things more recently. But he's doing great. We talked about this before, I mm. think, on um, 
Princess Bride. But he's been directing oh. a lot of TV, like a lot and a lot of good shit. Mm. And I think it started with his brother's show, Boy Meets World. He directed a few episodes of that. Uh-huh. Um, a series called Party Down, which was one of those shows that was for one season that's actually pretty good. It's got a lot of like people that are now like, oh, that comedy guy, that comedy guy. Yeah. Um, happy Endings, Always yeah. always Sunny. He produced oh, a lot of that too. Oh. Yeah. He's there. Yeah, the Goldbergs, the Connors, Modern Family, and back in back in the old Wonder Years days, the youngest actor to be nominated for an Emmy, twice. Wow! And another tidbit I discovered this week, which I already posted on the gram, but David Schwimmer was in the Wonder Years. I saw wow. that. He looks so cool. Easy cool for Schwimmer. <laughs> for Ross, he's not a cool guy. <laughs> it's a paleontologist. Paleontology is cool. I mean, the facial hair helps because he is. I mean, Drake is the Ross of hip-hop and his beard helped a lot. Mm. Mm. So the principle translates. Yeah. Grow a beard, swimmer. Yeah. Yeah. And you can keep the skivvy. Yeah. Oh, we would be remiss to not mention David Newman who did the music in this film. Oh, yeah. He also did the music in Bill and Ted. He's done a lot. He's got a lot of credits. I like the backing music you gave me for my production. Pretty good. That was him. And guess what? He also did Bowfinger. Oh, I was going to say. Two movies ago. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Can't p- quite put my bow finger on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the verdict. Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I mean, my overall thought here is it's very closely tied to the last thing we talked about. Uh, This movie's weird. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost something interesting and maybe it originally started as something interesting and things just got mixed up along the way, revisions and rewrites and... You know, that kind of shit. Um, a lot of weird, interesting names, you know, came together to make this. Mm-hmm. People I like, you know. It's, it's people, in theory, on paper, a lot of this should be good. Beetlejuice for kids? Fred yeah. Savage? Howie Mandel, why not? The guy that founded RGA? I'm listening. Yeah. Hmm. And as I said, Greg, if I'm being honest with myself, before I dug into reading into this movie a little bit deeper, I did enjoy the rewatch as a nostalgia trip. Mm. And so through nostalgic goggles, I still enjoyed it. I would be like, yeah, why not? But objectively, taking those goggles off, <laughs> it is probably one of those ones that's best left in the past, I've got to say. Maybe uh, my objective score would be one and a half stars. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, at times I saw what it was trying to do mm. with the family construct and the you know, over you know overcoming adversity yeah. with friends and yeah, there's a bit of a Goonies element in there. Yeah, but nah, 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 nah. firm no. Yeah, I was un, I was uncomfortable the whole film. <laughs> but again, it's like it's hard. It's, half to, star. it's hard to choose the words because. Again, you could argue you're meant to be uncomfortable in the same way you're uncomfortable in a Freddy Krueger movie or whatever, but it's different. Uncomfortably uncomfortable. But it's different. Yeah, yeah. it's different. It was different uncomfortable. There's something 
in here that's off. It felt wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, yeah. How weird. Yeah. What a weird movie. What a weird movie. i got no recasties. Yeah, I, I got this to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think instead of re-watching this, just go watch some Mighty Boosh. Anything that's good in this, the Mighty Boosh does in terms of like the some of the look, the weird monsters and things and the Mighty Boosh is kind of just a, a kid's show for adults anyway. So Why is season, yeah, absolutely. Why is season one on Stan but not season two? Oh, isn't it? Mm. I like season it two. It was a, a different point. Was yeah, it? I like when they're out of the zoo. Yeah, I like get out of the zoo, diversify. Yeah. I think season two is the peak, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's only, there's only two, isn't it? There's three. I'm going to watch season three. Yeah. Noel Fielding has artworks. Yeah, I want to buy like one. Them. Yeah, same. I quite like them. He's done a collaboration with, um, was it Gucci? There's a, there's a fucking runway show, people walking down the runway with Noel Fielding artworks on their outfits. Uh, it really looks like good. It. Is it it's Gucci? That's no, not Gucci. It's someone else. Supreme. No, it was, it was more. Um, French fashion house. Yeah. What was it? Maybe Louis Saint Vuitton. Laurent or something. I don't know. Uh, did Simpsons do it? Don't believe so. Porn parody? I would not look that up. Bechdel test? No. FX test? Yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. It was unsettling, but I yeah, believe no, by yeah. design. Recasties didn't do it. MVP? I guess I'll give it Fred Savage because you don't get to see cool guy Fred Savage. Yeah, I, I have. I, yes, that's what I said. And low key, I'd give Ben Savage. He was a, he was a good scared kid. Yeah, he had good energy. Yeah. I think I gave. Stern, Loki, just because he was weird. He's, he's a bit too weird. You know what? He could play Michael Douglas falling down. Oh, he's a he? he's a pressure cooker. <laughs> Very viscerally, viscerally unsettling. Yeah, he's stressed. I get so stressed out watching him. I've never seen someone watch a game of footy with a bag of chips. <laughs> stress me out before. <laughs> yeah. Literally, he was crouched over and hugging the bag of chips. It's like he bet everything on that game. <laughs> yeah, it was good. He did it well. You know what? He could play, because I still haven't watched it properly yet, Uncut Gems. He could be the lead in Uncut Gems, really. Oh. He's got that anxious energy. Where he just fucks everything up. I tried to watch it again yesterday. It gets me too stressed. Yeah, I haven't watched it. it I've watched me, the start of it. Oh, we got it's same. I might watch it tonight. I get too stressed. But if also watch Good Time, the same guys. No, I'm going home to watch the final episode of season two of Fargo. We're binging that shit. Oh, nice. Yes. Jesse Plemons, MVP. He's awesome. He's great. Uh, next week we, guess what? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Number 110. We're going to watch. <laughs> Sudden death. Sudden death. You see a helicopter in- crashes in the ice hockey. In my home country of Quebec, in the purpose of the film, yeah. it's Quebec. <laughs> At least it's in Quebec and they've got some accent explanation. I'm hanging up my earphones. He's hung up his earphones, bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, find us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, find us find on Facebook. Find us on YouTube. The Pop Critic. The Pop yeah. Critic. Uh, links for all these things are in the description. Yeah, of the episode. yeah, check the links. I always keep meaning to do these things at the front of the show, um, especially the Instagram because we haven't been pr- calling it out in a while. But hey, it's there, and we'll see you next week. Fresh content. Bye. Bye. What just eating onion sandwich?